0: Welcome to Holding Down the Fort, an award-winning podcast show dedicated to curating knowledge, resources, and relevant stories for today's military spouses so they can continue to make confident and informed decisions for themselves and their families. Because let's face it, we know who's really holding down the fort. I'm Jen Amos, a Gold Star daughter, veteran spouse, and your host for Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. Let's get started. Hey, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the award-winning podcast, Holding Down the Fort. I am your co-host, also veteran spouse and Gold Star daughter, Jen Amos. And today, I also have with me my co host, who is active duty military spouse, a career in military family, mental health advocate, and mom of two, Jenny Lynch Troop, and blogger. She's just a lot of things. Jenny Lynch Troop, welcome back. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. I
1: also get to wear my professional hat today as the outreach coordinator for the Stephen A. Cohen Military Family Clinic at BVSD in San Diego.
0: Yes, I'm so excited. And the reason why is because we have a special episode today for the month of love, February. And so we actually brought on another person from the Cohen network. Let me go ahead and bring her on. We also have with us Heather Wilson, who is a military spouse, wife of a first responder and outreach manager at the Stephen A. Cohen Military Family Clinic at the Up Center over here in Virginia Beach. Yes. <laughs> Heather, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Yes, we've already decided offline that we're friends and we're <laughs> going to hang out. And I know you're located in, I can say this correctly, Suffolk. So
2: Suffolk, did I say it right? Suffolk? No. Okay. I'm gone. Correct so I'm in, I'm in Virginia Beach, but okay. my husband is a battalion chief in Suffolk. Okay, perfect. But you were close, Suffolk, (laughs) Suffolk.
0: I was like joking offline to them that like I live in Chick's Beach because it's easy to pronounce, but I Mm -hmm. can't, (laughs) I can't even say like Norfolk, like, did I say that right? Norfolk, Virginia. Norfolk. Um, I think people,
2: people that are from here say Norfolk. And then I think anyone who comes in, it's Norfolk. So, yeah, that's yeah. what I
0: say. I say Norfolk because yeah. the word folk is in there. So uh-huh. it's like Norfolk. But, you know, yeah. anyway, that such as the English language. It's just, mm-hmm. it's always like trying to confuse you on purpose, I think. But anyway, Heather, it's great to be with you. And also, Jenny Lynn, it's great to sort of put your professional hat on today. Like, I'm trying to figure out how to like maneuver our conversation today. <laughs> but let me start off because I think the theme of today really is about mental health. And so I <laughs> want to check in with you, Heather, just real briefly. How has 2021
2: treated you so far? It's been an interesting year. <laughs> After last year, I think we're kind of getting the hang of how to do this in a pandemic. And I can honestly say that right now we're kind of in full swing of figuring things out with my daughter going back to school and my husband not working as much. It's been We're we're coasting. We're coasting. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, the interesting thing for me is I started seeking out therapy at the beginning of 2020. And at first I was able to do it in person. And now a lot of clinics have transitioned to telehealth. And so maybe real briefly, tell me how that transition has been for the clinic to make that transition. Because I know that your clinic had done the same as well.
2: Absolutely. So we actually had telehealth services prior to the pandemic, Mm -hmm. but all of our clients were not using telehealth. We made the transition within 24 hours, which we were definitely proud of that we were able to do that. But we became 100 percent virtual telehealth. We use Zoom platform for that, and it's been very successful. In the beginning, we did have a couple of clients who were like, oh, I don't know about this telehealth thing, but as they started to kind of see what it was like and how they would still be, get that same amount of engagement with their therapists, a lot more people have said, I don't ever want to come back into the clinic. This kind of works for me. So mm-hmm. it's been good. We really, with the wraparound, I mean, we really, it was teamwork and getting everyone to that point. But I think with the world kind of turning in that transition, it made everyone a little bit more comfortable with it.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. It wasn't like, hey, everyone, we're just going virtual for no
2: reason. Right. It's like,
0: we have a pandemic. We got to go virtual. Jenny Lynn, I know for you, when you first started working at the clinic in San Diego, BVSD specifically, you had plans to do a lot of networking in person, but very quickly you had to work virtually. Can you tell us about what that was like for you to kind of get this job, knowing that you're going to be in the community? But since I've met you, you know, everything has been virtual. Yeah. I mean, for sure. It's interesting
1: as an outreach coordinator to outreach from inside my own four walls of my house, (laughs) which was not what I envisioned when I was interviewing for the job. I interviewed the week before the world shut down and got the call that the job was mine 24 hours after the California governor closed everything. And they were like, congratulations, welcome aboard. We'll figure this out. (laughs) And, you know, I mean, at that point it was, we're going to figure this out and it'll probably be a couple of weeks and you'll be in the office. And to date, I have never sat in my office chair in our lovely building. But, you know, like Heather said, I mean, we in San Diego had telehealth set up from the beginning. And so it was a very March 13th, seamless transition. Mm -hmm. Nobody lost services or anything because we were already all well-trained and were able to make that shift. And, you know, similar to Virginia Beach, we had a few people who didn't think it was going to work for them. And turns out here we are almost Mm -hmm. a year later and, you know, telehealth is going great.
2: Yeah. We got a couple of clients too, who in the beginning said... I'm going to call you guys when this pandemic is over because I need to come in face to face. And then kind of a couple months later, they called back and said, about that telehealth. (laughs) (laughs) How do we get that set up? So, yeah, it's been great. And I mean, you can use your tablet, you can use your computer. So people are really getting really comfortable with it. But you know what? I will say this. We do have some clients that are high risk that do come in person. Mm. So we do have some client traffic, not a lot. But there are some clients that do come through and have in-person services. And then with our children, it's hard to kind of gain the attention of a child (laughs) through a computer. So we do still have some play therapy going on in our play therapy room here at the clinic.
0: That's amazing how quickly the clinics have adapted and how seamless the transition seemed to be. And it sounds like you, any patients as a result of it, I mean, that's probably to their own accord and choice. I mean, I think that's amazing. And I, I think for myself, like as I'm actively having telehealth services as well, What I like the most about it is it feels like I can do it from the comfort of my home. You know, it's like I can do it in my own couch and like, you know, my counselor will just kind of like point out whenever we have like a different scenery. I'm like, oh, yeah, like this is our (laughs) living room. This is our desk. This is, you know, like it's just funny when we switch it up. But I think like at least for me in the majority of the time I've done this, you know, virtually virtually. I like it. I've grown to be comfortable with it, and I think just the whole act of driving to a clinic, at least with my husband, was probably really weird at first for him because even though like I was never like actively get therapy services until last year, but for him, I don't think he ever thought to to seek therapy. So like I think doing it from the comfort of our home has been a lot easier and bearable for him, in my opinion. At least that's what I'm telling myself. (laughs) (laughs) Still has to show up though. (laughs) Okay. So I want to go ahead and transition forward here. All right. So one thing that I'm really excited to talk about today is in theme of love month. You know, as you know, at the time of this recording, Valentine's day has already passed, but that doesn't stop us from celebrating love. In fact, we should never stop celebrating love. But anyway, for the sake of this conversation, February is love month and clinics are doing something really exciting. You have a lessons in love for military couples campaign.
2: Heather, let us know what that's about. Oh my gosh. It's been amazing. It's really been amazing to kind of get to peek into the lives of some of our coworkers that are veterans. And it literally is them sharing about what are some lessons in love that they learned when Mm. you're in the military, there's so many transitions and you spend a lot of time apart. So with this campaign, they're literally walking us through what it's like and what they've learned from it. And some of them are just, it's just interesting to see even the pictures of the The couples and to just hear what they have to say about how they remained connected and stayed connected so it's been amazing our specific clinic is actually also doing something aside from the network wide lessons in love we are doing a game show it's actually tomorrow night called the not so newlywed game show Mm -hmm. and so same kind of theme where we're really focusing on couples and just having a good time because in this virtual world that we are in right now, we try to come up with just fun ways to kind of keep people engaged. And in this instance, keep couples engaged. So we're gonna kind of do it like the game show, like the newlywed game show and have Mm -hmm. couples answer questions about each other Mm -hmm. and just really get to know each other and laugh a little bit because that's an important part of lessons in love is just laughter.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that's the fastest way to build a connection with someone is through laughter. And so if you can have like something such as a game to prompt that, because sometimes you can't just directly like talk to your spouse sometimes, right? Sometimes it's too hard to have like the hard conversations. I was just thinking about my conversation today that I was telling Jenny Lynn when I was complaining to my husband for having the sliding door open, because then the (laughs) bugs come in conversation for another time. But like, just to talk to him about it directly was very like, it freaked him out. Like he was just like, I just want this to end. Like, I don't (laughs) want you to be mad at me anymore. And, And I'm just here trying to tell him like, you know, whatever. But I know like he's, He's kind of a jokester himself. So I think like later I'm going to poke fun at the sliding door to lighten up the mood and stuff. But yeah, I think that's great to kind of prompt, like create that, you know, create that kind of environment for couples to laugh together, considering just, you know, how difficult the military life is. Jenny Lynn, I know that you were involved with the campaign as well. You were quoted. Tell us a little bit about that and like how, you know, what you've contributed to the Lessons in Love campaign.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the campaign, like Heather said, asked Cohen networking employees, whether they be veterans or military spouses to talk about what it's like to be a military couple. And really the whole idea is that though we may experience things on an increased timeline, or like when I talk about my own marriage and say all the things that have happened and people go, wow, how long have you guys been married? They don't expect me to say 12 years. They expect me to say 200 (laughs) you know because everything just happens faster and there are more transitions and more you know more kind of those big like trauma points and things but really the underlying theme of this campaign is that We're just couples and that there's something to be gained from our expedited timeline in marriage. And so, you know, it's a really thoughtful campaign that just kind of asked everybody to reflect on their own experience as a couple and what the military has added to that. So, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod. Here's my <laughs> mental health, <laughs> my, my mental health pitch. Mine was about mental health and seeking <laughs> couples counseling in that my husband and I waited until we were in crisis to seek it. But really I wish it was something that we had done much earlier. I think it would have built a really good foundation for all of that expedited trauma and events and things that happen with deployments and reintegration. So yeah, you know, I'm quoted as in go to counseling. It's good for you. It helps you with your spouse. So, you know, I was looking through the campaign earlier today and and it's a lot of good things like don't stop having fun, adventure together, find balance, you know, and and those are just
2: good, solid life skills, military or not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Deployments. I saw a lot about deployments and how, people stay connected when they're on deployments. I know for my husband, with him being a first responder, there's a lot of nights that he's not home and it does, you feel like that single parent and Mm -hmm. just trying to do it all by yourself. And I think that with us, we've had to learn how to find our way through that. We've had to learn how we can stay connected, but not only just us, but also our daughter. How do we continue to keep her connected? And so we do a lot of FaceTime, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, tons of FaceTime. And we even do where at night, he'll call at a certain time and we do our prayers and we read a short book just so that they can stay connected. So there are ways to really continue that, love language and continue to stay connected, even when you're not together.
0: Hey, everyone, Jen Amos here, just taking a quick break to let you know that this episode of Holding Down the Fort is brought to you by U.S. Vet Wealth which is the company that I'm so fortunate to run with my husband and business partner, Scott R. Tucker. At U.S. Fed Wealth. we provide bold financial education and flexible financial solutions for our career military families. To get a better understanding by what we mean when we say bold financial education and flexible financial solutions, consider checking out my husband's book, Veteran Wealth Secrets. In fact, you can actually download the first three chapters of Veteran Wealth Secrets for free by visiting veteranwealthsecrets.com. Thanks to one of our Amazon customers, here's a five-star review just to give you an idea of what this book is about. Veteran Wealth Secrets provides a perspective that I do not believe I'll ever encounter elsewhere in my own transition. Scott's done a fantastic job of making me rethink what my post-military life has to look like. If you are transitioning in the next few years, you should read this book. I doubt you'll find the viewpoint he provides elsewhere. So thank you to one of our verified customers for actually purchasing this book on Amazon. Once again, you can download the first three chapters of the book at veteranwealthsecrets.com to see if you like our philosophies and if our company is the right company for you to talk about your money. So something else to note about the book, My husband brings to the forefront of his discussion in the book what the military and most veteran financial advisors usually gloss over as they focus on military retirement plans, which is this. The moment that you leave the military is the biggest opportunity of your lifetime, and you're going to need money for it. I like sharing this resource on our show because it's really not just for veterans, and it's not just for our service members, but really for military spouses who manage the personal finances of the family. So once again, you can download the first three chapters of Veteran Wealth Secrets today by visiting veteranwealthsecrets.com. All right, let's get back into the episode. Yeah, you know, uh speaking of love languages, you know, some people their love language is physical touch, which is, you know, that physical affection, a hug, yeah. holding a hand, you know, kiss on the forehead or kiss on the, you know, lips goodbye kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of spouses don't have that opportunity. Sometimes seeing my mom herself, when I was growing up, when dad was gone months at a time, you know, it's like, she didn't have that opportunity. And I'm curious to know if there's any lesson that you heard so far in regard to, you know, those whose love language is physical touch hmm
1: so I'm not sure about physical touch yeah specifically but it brings up a really good thing that I just want to put out there for other military spouses and that when my husband returned from his combat deployment we went to like a reintegration seminar and one Mm -hmm. of the things they had us do was the love language quiz so we're in this room of you know a hundred other couples and they have us take this quiz and like, you know, at the end they're like, all right, who scored, you know, more on physical touch, raise your hand, you know, and hands go up across the room. Who scored more on all the other, well, they get to gifts and I was like a 19 out of 20. And I'm like raising my hand on gifts. And I, <laughs> what I felt in that moment made me so hot and sweaty. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, does that make me shallow? And then I realized <laughs> I'm a military spouse and my husband, wasn't home for like four consecutive years. And so the only option we had really was gifts. He could send things thanks to the beauty of the internet, you know, and there were some words of affirmations. Thankfully, he's a really nice, kind letter writer, but like, I realized like, Oh my gosh, this is lifestyle driven. And so I just want to throw that out there for anyone else who gets, 19 out of 20 goes, oh my God, what does that say about me? Like, it says that you're a military spouse and that your husband is gone all the time and right. he's kind enough to send you things. And so you feel
2: loved that way. We actually do a weekly support group. It's called Expresso Yourself and it's a spousal support group. And last week, of course, we focused on love, what's your love language? And so we had all of our clients take take the, the love language quiz beforehand. And it's interesting that... I think it was about two of them that said I think my love language changes depending on if we're on deployments, if we're home, mm-hmm. if we're together and it was very interesting to think about it like that because you're you're almost forced to have a certain type of love language. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Jenny Lynn, I like that you shared that, you know, your love language is gift receiving, because even for me, like I have a zero on that, by the way, like I'm just like practice social distancing Valentine's Day with some friends this past weekend. And like two of them were giving gifts. And I was like, uh, was I supposed to come with stuff? Like I'm here. I'm a present. Like my time is a present. Is that okay? (laughs) (laughs) But I really appreciate your perspective because now it gives me a more broader view as to why, you know, some people their love language would be gift receiving because of that distance, because they Mm -hmm. can't physically be there. And receiving a gift is a physical thing that you can, you know, touch that reminds you of them and knowing that they gave that to you. So thank you for sharing that perspective. Yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. And again, to Heather's point of taking the quiz, I mean, we haven't had a deployment in several years now and like now i would say it's strongly physical touch and words of affirmation like i would much rather have that than a gift i probably wouldn't score 19 out of 20 right this minute however (laughs) comma right (laughs) have a deployment probably on the near future and i may be back at a 19 or 20 and you know i mean thankfully with age and wisdom that's okay Like I'm going to take those flowers and really feel appreciated and loved. That's right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I do like that because I think some people they'll take that test once and then assume that's Mm -hmm. like their love language forever and just like really own it and run with it. But you know, love changes, right? Like love evolves, it adapts and therefore your love language will change as well. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think that speaks to the quality of their well into the heart of the lessons in love program. I mean, one of the things we experience as a military family is seasons, and not based on winter, summer, spring and fall, like we have deployment season, reintegration season, we have, you know, Short duty season. And it's all of those are varying timelines and varying distances apart. And it, you know, that is one of the things as I've read through the campaign, because it's really fun to see what everybody else said, like, that they really speak to that, like, how do you do it in this season of your military life, what it looks like, I mean, I married an enlisted sailor on shore duty. Mm -hmm. He worked shift work, had extra days off for like good behavior, got to come to my school and volunteer. That is not the man I'm married to now. He's an officer on shore duty who works All the time. It looks very different than it did. And I think that's the one thing that like this campaign speaks to and what our other, you know, counterparts talk about is like, there are plenty of things to do to keep whatever season you're in full of love and connection. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, let's dive in a little deeper to the campaign. Heather, what has been maybe your favorite lessons in love that you've been able to read about so far? Just to give people a hint as to what to expect when they look this up.
2: Yeah. So actually have a couple with me. Oh, um, perfect. This, yeah. <laughs> this wasn't planned. All yeah, right. <laughs> so one thing that I noticed a lot of people focused on was, as I said, deployments. And so mm-hmm. this one's from someone that's right here in our clinic. And they wrote about when returning home from deployments always felt uh, disconnected from everything that had happened with the family during her time away. So during deployments or extended trainings, she would start little notes about their day-to-day activities, what had happened. And she actually made a journal and had her husband do the same. And they would send it back and forth and write entries in the journal. So whether it was something like a lost tooth from their kid, a new restaurant, or a platoon prankster, it was all written in a journal and it really helped keep them connected. I thought that was so sweet.
0: Oh, I, I love that.
2: Yeah. I love that.
0: That's like a shared journal. Yeah. And it's like you send it back and forth. So rather than having like mailing, like pieces of paper, it's like, Oh, here's a book, you know, mm-hmm. and you fill it out and send it back or a journal. And I really like that. Cause it really like tells a chronological story of the relationship. And it's like, you have that solid journal that you can, you know, keep for memory's sake. And it's nice to get mail. <laughs> it's always nice to get mail that's not junk mail right uh-huh back to the I, gifts
1: that uh-huh. would be a gift mail yes. coming to you
0: feels really good <laughs> I like how you're totally defending this gift for right. love language right now genuinely
1: <laughs> I will forever
0: <laughs> yeah uh, what about you Jenny Lynn? what has been maybe your favorite thing so far about the lessons in love for military couples campaign
1: I think one of my favorite was the adventure together one, you know, really talking about how you really have the opportunity of mindset in military life. And admittedly, mine hasn't always been stellar. Some of those adventures look like real bummer kind of things that I did (laughs) not want to do and probably kicked and screamed a little bit. But, you know, one of the things that this military spouse reminded us of is to to adventure together. And her story is about PCSing during the pandemic no, thank you. But you know how you can look at it as an adventure. And when I think about our last PCS, I mean, that's what we did. We drove cross country and made it a like eat local and stop. And it was so fun. And that is like, will go down as one of the best things we've done together. That was
2: compliments of a military
1: life. Mm, I think that's that's awesome. I love that.
2: When you think about to with love, love isn't always pretty wrapped up in a bow. Love is hard. There are times when love is hard. I can speak for myself, my husband and I, in I would say we were about two years into our marriage, and we lost our daughter. Oh, wow. And I just think about when you think of love during the times when it's good, it's it's easy. it flows. It's great. But what about love when you're going through something? whether it be a deployment, whether it be the death of a child, whether it be family that has passed away and you can't get to them because you're away in a different country. I think about what's how you continue to stay connected in love and how you bond with each other and continue to love each other when tragedy strikes. So, and just the stories we hear in the clinic about couples who are so very much in love, but they're just going through something. It's so awesome to have a place like CVN, the Cohen Clinic in San Diego, the Cohen Clinic here at the Center in Virginia Beach as a place for healing, as a place to know that the love's not lost. We just need to work through something. Mm. So I think it's important that we also talk about love at its hardest points, loving someone when you don't want to love them. <laughs> I, think that, <laughs> I think that that's important. That's an important part of love as well. You know,
0: I learned a long time ago that love is a verb. You know, love is something that you do, not just what you have. Right. And that reminds me of a time where I had this whole day. It was, a, it was a really rough day for me. And I had this moment where I thought, is this the end of our relationship? You know, like, is this it? Like, like, I felt, I felt like I was already seeing my past in front of me. Like, like I was getting a glimpse of like, like, wow, this is really hard right now. And it's just not going anywhere positive, but thanks to couples counseling, (laughs) we were able to work through it. And for me, when I think of what love is, I think love is the willingness to do life with someone, you know, good, bad, and ugly. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I appreciate shameless, you know, plug for my husband here. You know, that's one thing I appreciate about him because our love languages are so different. You know, he's very like, you know, solution oriented. I'm very like heart centered and, you know, it's hard to, you know, deal with that. If you, you know, if you have that type, those clashing personalities at home, but Thanks to couples counseling. Oh yeah, I'm doing more shameless plugs here for everyone. But no, I think thanks to all of that, it's like oh, we just needed the tools. Yep. You know, we that's all we needed. We did like school doesn't teach you how to love. You know, school teaches you to you know to go go to school to get good grades to get a good job, but it doesn't teach you on on relationships. And so that's what I'm most grateful for. Telehealth currently, and for the good work that you all are doing at CVN is just reminding couples like, Hey, it's being in a relationship is hard. You do need help and that's okay. Like that's absolutely okay. And so I just want to take this moment to thank you both for what you're doing at CVN as well as, uh, or the, the Cohen veterans network, in case anyone's wondering what that acronym is. And, uh, and also with the lessons in love for military couples campaign. All right. So with what you're doing with the lessons in love for military couples campaign, what do you feel like? our civilian counterparts can take away? Like what lessons can they apply to their own relationships? And Heather and Jenny Lynn, you both can answer this if you want. I'll start with you, Heather.
2: Okay. So yeah, I definitely think that they can see themselves in some of these anecdotes that are written out. And I think it's important to find out that you're not alone and that it is very relatable, any mm-hmm. any of these feelings that you might be having. And also just to learn more about what it is that others might love that could be the same that you love about as far as lessons. And also, I think that they will definitely enjoy reading about other couples, but also feeling connected to Mm -hmm. the lessons and loves that others have discovered within their relationships.
0: Beautiful. Lynn, what are your thoughts? About our oh, no, absolutely.
1: Parts? I was thinking of one that came out of our clinic. She is a military spouse and one of our clinicians. You know, her advice was, and it was deployment-based, but the overall theme was cut yourself some slack. And I mean, I think that's something that all of us need to hear, especially yeah. during a global pandemic. Like some of this stuff is just hard. Yeah. And being gentle with yourself allows you then to be gentle with the people that you love. And so I mean everything I think is very applicable and universal, regardless of what if you've done 10 deployments or zero.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I really think that our civilian counterparts can learn so much from military couples. I just feel like the relationship intensifies in this type of environment and you're really prompt to confront things sooner than later. So, you know, Heather and Jenny Lynn, thank you so much for what you're doing at the Cohen Veterans Network. And Heather, let us know if people want to learn more about the Lessons in Love for Military Couples campaign or even the Cohen Veterans Network overall, how can they learn more?
2: Yeah. So all of this information, lessons in love can be found on our website. You can also reach us on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're also on Twitter. Perfect. And we will definitely have all of
0: that in the show notes for our listeners to dive into. So I think that's it. Any closing thoughts from either of you, Heather or Jenny Lynn?
1: Yes. Um, I will say this. Heather did a good job of promoting us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I would just like to say that that is both for CBN at the UpCenter. They have their own. Mm-hmm. If you were in the Virginia Beach area, follow them. If you're in the San Diego area, we have our own. And also our two clinics are part of a larger network of clinics. So there are 19 places across the United States where people can go and receive the good mental health services and couples counseling that we've talked about today. And you can follow the larger network on all of those same social media platforms too. So there are multiple ways to find us and to locate us wherever it is that you're located.
0: Awesome. Wonderfully said. And thank you both for doing what you're doing and really just overall to the Cohen Veterans Network for existing. It's a great organization that I think more of our community should be aware of and take advantage of. All right. And to our listeners, we hope that today's episode gave you one more piece of knowledge, resource, or relevant story so you can continue to make confident and informed decisions for you and your family. We look forward to speaking with you in the next episode. Tune in next time.